again, uh, if we... Uh, if we've never met, I'm Pastor Terry. I'm the lead pastor here, and um, I'm just glad that you made it. We've been in a series called the Emoji Series, and just kind of learning to deal with your emotions. And and uh, I don't know about you, but but that's a that's a lot. And uh, week one, this is week four. Week one, we went with happiness. We talked about the difference between happiness and joy. And uh, can we go ahead and bring the lights up back here? That would be awesome for the. For the, for the house. Uh, we talked about the difference between happiness and joy and how when you seek after happiness, you'll steamroll anybody in your path to get there. But if you seek after God, you receive joy. Happiness comes with that. Amen. And so they, we challenged you. Let's, let's be people that seek after the presence of God and let his joy follow. Amen. Week two, we talked about anger and we talked about, we need to ask ourselves in moments of anger. Uh, number one is what I'm getting angry about something that hurts the heart of God or causes him to be upset. And number two is the way that I'm handling my moment, my moment of anger, something that would please God or would I have to repent? Would, I, would my walk with God somewhat take a hit? Would my witness take a hit? Last week we talked about fear and how do we handle our fear? There's a difference between worldly fear and that is, that is tied to terror and, 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 a, and a, a lot of times irrational fear, but, but fear is fear, right? So, so there's, there's the worldly fear, but then there is the biblical fear, and that is an awe-inspiring reverence for God, and that propels you to do things that God is calling you to do. And kind of like, like that moment where David had a biblical fear of God, and because of that biblical fear of God, it propelled him into a battle with Goliath and, and ultimately into his own destiny. And uh, so that's where we've, where we've been. Where we are today is we're going we're gonna to talk about something that we don't often talk about in the house of God, and that's loneliness. Anybody ever felt lonely before? Okay. You're not alone. <laughs> that's a bad, bad dad joke right there. Here's what I believe. I believe with the onslaught of social media and, and, uh, and all the things that social media offers you, I think what it started doing is it starts to scratch our itch for connectivity without us actually having to be connected. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever, and, and you know how I know that? How many times do you see somebody that you follow on Instagram or Twitter or, or that you, that you, uh, you see them on Facebook and you're friends with them on Facebook, but you see them in the grocery store, you don't go over and start talking to them. What do you do? You hope they don't recognize you from your profile picture, right? And, and I remember some people telling me how grateful they were when the whole mask mandate happened because now people don't recognize them in a store. I can still recognize you from the eyes up. I still got you, Right? But what it, what it has done is that it's, it's, our, it's scratched our itch for connectivity without actually causing us to be connected. And so people begin to feel very lonely and they have no idea why. And, uh, and so we're going to talk about what loneliness is and what, what things we can do in the middle of our loneliness. There's a, there's a scripture that has blown my mind over the years. And it's found in Proverbs, and it's chapter 5, verse 14. It says this, I was on the verge of total ruin in the midst of the assembly and the congregation. 
So the, the picture that he's painting here is that he was on the, on the brink of major struggle, surrounded by people. He says, I was in the midst. In the midst means what? In the middle of the assembly and the congregation, the people that they're supposed to be doing life with and still feels all alone. I believe that now more than ever, that, that represents a bulk of the people who come to church all over the world. I'm surrounded by people. I know they love me. I know they're praying for me. I know that if I need them, they'll call me, but I still feel so very alone. Does that sound familiar to anybody? So what do you do when you feel like you're surrounded, but yet you still feel alone? And sometimes you choose it. Sometimes it's chosen for you. And what do you do when you feel that way? I'm going to give you three things. And here's the cool thing about today's message. Everything that I challenge you with, because you know I like to challenge us, right? Everything that I challenge you with today, we're also going to give you an avenue in which to fulfill that challenge. Isn't that cool? So with everything that we say, you need to do this, we're actually going to give you the ability to do it. (laughs) It's going to be a long one, y'all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach until you're better at amen okay? All right? Cancel your, cancel your plans at Bob Evans. This all hinges on you. When you are feeling isolated, when you are feeling lonely, how do you handle it? Today I'm going to talk about three things that you should do when you are feeling lonely. Here we go. Number one. Number one, reach up. Now, We all fall flat on our face, right? We all have moments where we're just kind of sitting there and we just don't feel like we can get up and keep moving forward. Anybody other than me felt that way before? Okay, good. All right, we're on the same page. When you are isolated and need help up, and I've heard so many people over the years, they get upset because they're disconnected and that people aren't spending time with them. But I'm going to say something that's probably going to frustrate you. You may not like what I'm about to say, and, and what, what do I always say when I offend people? If I offend somebody here today, how about that? So, are you ready for a harsh truth? I don't think you're going to like it. Your connection to others is your responsibility. Extroverts are like, yeah, baby! Woo! We got that one on lock. Introverts are like, I hate that guy. <laughs> And I understand the difference between introvert and extrovert because my wife and I are polar opposites. My wife is happy with kind of hanging out in the back, watching you. She's watching you people. (laughs) She's very perceptive. You better watch your step. She's watching. She knows what's up. But she's okay with, with just a small group of friends at a time, doesn't need to be a part of the life of the party, and she's okay with, with just kind of, just kind of, reserving that fellowship for a few people at a time rather than the the large group. Me, I'm all about the party. Is that a surprise? Did you not know that? 
I told somebody one time, they're like, man, we were, I was uh, selling, I was, I, I got voluntold by, because uh, my son plays seventh grade football, I got voluntold by, by uh, the athletic boosters that I had to sell either 50-50 tickets or, or programs at uh, the game Friday night. And uh, they're like, well, if you're a 50-50 salesperson, you, you pretty much just stand there and they come to you. I'm like, yeah, a bunch of sin. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. They're like, they come to you. They come looking for the 50-50. But if you're, if you're selling programs, you got to kind of be loud and get in people's faces. And they all looked at me. I'm like, looks like I'm doing programs, huh? <laughs> and somebody was like, dude, you're really good at this. I'm like, brother, I refuse to be ignored. I'm like, you invite me to your party? And you ignore me at your party, I'm going to take over and have you standing on the outside looking in. That's what we're going to do. Like, I refuse to be ignored. Other people are like, I'm okay with being ignored. Let me be ignored. I'll go stand in the back. I'll make it easy for you. I'll, I'll wear clothes that match the wall. <laughs> so introverts and extroverts, we all get it. We all understand. But I'm just going to tell you this. Your connection to others is nobody's responsibility but your own. So many times... I hear of people that are so frustrated because nobody spends time with them, but yet they don't do anything to spend time with other people. And I'm just like, come on. come on. How many of you guys are ready to leave the church now after this conversation? <laughs> All right. Okay. Speck, no. Rick Speckard, if you leave Fusion, I'm going with you. I... At, my, uh, at my, my daughter's elementary school, it's where all three of, of, uh, of our, our kids have gone to elementary school. They have a really cool concept. At recess, they have this thing called a buddy bench. Has anybody ever heard of the buddy bench at recess? It's really cool. If you are feeling lonely and you don't have anybody to hang out with, nobody to play with at recess, you go to the buddy bench and everybody knows which one's the buddy bench, and you sit down. And it's been taught to every student at that school, if you see somebody at the buddy bench sitting down, it's your job to go and find them, pick them up, and tell them, come on, you're playing with me. Yeah, right? But I feel like it would be great if the church had a buddy pew. You know what I'm saying? Because how are people supposed to know that you need fellowship if you don't tell them that you need fellowship? How are they supposed to know if you need time with them if you don't tell them that you need time with them? Sometimes you just got to make the proclamation, you know what? I got nobody to hang out with and I need you. Yeah. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 24a, the first part. We'll talk about the second part later. First part says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. So here's some things that you can do. Number one, be friendly. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Look, I, I know, I know that's, that goes without saying, right? But, but also, you got to train your face a little bit. Uh, I have to train my face. I was told, Pastor Kate called me out one day. She's like, you were on a video with somebody, and they were explaining something, and I know you, and I know that you were just listening intently, but you look like you were going to snap his neck. I'm like, that's my concentration face. She's like, I know your concentration face, but your, your concentration face looks a lot, a lot like your ex-con face. I'm like, okay. Like, we have to present ourselves as approachable, friends. I can promise you, if you look like you're angry at the world, people aren't going to be jumping at the chance to hang out. 
They're not going to invite you to their house because they're not sure if they want you to know their address. <laughs> so start with friendliness, right? Second thing that you can do, initiate conversation. Nobody's better at this than dads. And your kids hate it. My gosh. My kids get so annoyed with me because I'm, I'm standing, I'm sta- like, I, I can, it could be in the, like, the, the, the least like, appropriate place to have conversations. And I'll be like, so, how are you? And my kids are like, dad, don't talk to them. Leave them alone right now. I'm like, shut up, kid. I'm connecting. <laughs> you ever see those progressive commercials where it's like the guy has to train the older generation to not like strike up conversations like, did he ask for your help about which paintbrush to use? No. <laughs> then you leave him alone. You understand, you know what I'm talking about? Or yeah, I was using the, the name, your price to, was I hashtagging? And I was like, <sighs> guys were like that. But, but the fact of the matter is you got to be able to strike up a conversation with somebody. Dad jokes are great for that. Here, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you one. You ready? The next time you go out to lunch, and, and you don't eat all of your food. <laughs> Some of you are like, that's never happened before. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the server comes up to you and says, do you want a box for your suit, food? You should say, no, but I'll wrestle you for it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Tell me that's not awesome. <laughs> Some of you are like, I still don't under, want a box. It's a play on word, box, box. <laughs> nope, okay. <laughs> Next one, here you go, you ready? Invite someone to fellowship. Have you ever thought if you're lonely, you should say to somebody, hey, you want to go out to lunch? I know we're all afraid of being rejected. I get it. It's, it's scary. It's scary to put yourself out there, but you still have to do it. And maybe you're like, you know what, I do want to be connected, but I, I don't know how to do it. Well, the awesome thing is, is even now we've got things for you. On October 23rd, Men of Fusion, we're doing a men's breakfast at Golden Corral. Come, and it's all done for you. There's meat, and there's men. Eat the meat, connect with the men. <laughs> right? October 23rd. Tomorrow night, ladies, coffee at Panera. It's happening. It's all going down. You should be there. The one on Lexington Avenue, right? Not Lexington Spring Mill. That, yeah. The one nearest to us. Women's Crafts on, on uh, October 16th is going to be here. You're going to be doing things. We have life groups. There are cards out of that long skinny table up against the wall out there. Find a life group. Get involved. We're literally giving you all these opportunities to be a part of things. You just have to choose to do it. You have to be friendly. You have to be willing to initiate the conversation. You have to be willing to be a part of fellowship with people. If you're lonely, reach up. Amen? You guys hate me yet? Good. Here we go. No, I'm just kidding. So we reach up. Next thing we do is we reach out. I want to challenge you that if you're feeling disconnected, I want to challenge you to reach out. Reaching up is connecting with the person near you and help allowing them to pull you out of where you are. But reaching out is connecting with the people in your vicinity that need you, that need what you have, that need Jesus. We need to do that. When you're feeling isolated, you focus on yourself, it only gets worse. Have you ever noticed that? When you focus on all the things that you're going through, 
it only gets worse. I remember I had a family member that had another member of my family steal, effectively steal thousands of dollars from them. They didn't know about it until, until the bank showed up to take their, their vehicle. And I remember for months they were just devastated and all they could do was talk about how horrible it was. And it was horrible. I mean, it was horrible. There was no denying the situation was hard. But I looked at them and I said, you know what you need to do? You need to serve. And they're like, what? I'm like, you need to come. We have a trunk or treat coming up at the church this, sun, this coming Sunday. You need to get some candy and you need to come and serve. And they're like, well, we can't afford candy. I said, then we will have some candy there for you. Just come ready to serve. And they're like, why would we do that? I'm like, because you need to get your eyes off your dang self. You need to stop thinking about where your life is and look at other people's lives and watch God do something about it. I'm like, get your eyes off of your own circumstances. And they said, okay, we'll try. And they came and they had a blast and they were refreshed and they were like, wow, I can't believe we didn't see it that way. And I'm like, man, just serve. When you are feeling isolated and you're feeling lonely, look for opportunities to serve. When you're in the middle of battle, take your eyes off of yourself and all of your struggles. That doesn't mean they're not there. We're not crazy enough to, to believe that those things go away just because, just because we chose to serve. But it changes your perspective. And we all need a pers- perspective change from time to time, don't we? It doesn't, doesn't automatically cause everything to go away, but how you look at it changes. I don't know, maybe I've told this story before, maybe I haven't, but I heard this, I heard this story, this lady came to her pastor one day, and she said to him, pastor, I'm leaving this church, and he's like, well, why are you doing that? She's like, people are lazy, people are ignoring one another, people are doing this, and people, and she had a whole laundry list of things, he's like, oh, okay, he's like, I'll tell you what, come back next Sunday, meet me in my office, I have a job for you, and she's like, all right, fine, but that's my last Sunday. She shows up, and he hands her this glass of water that is so full is like, I want you to walk around this entire church building, every hallway, not spill one drop. She's like, that's dumb. He's like, just do it, lady. I'm sure he was a lot nicer than that, but it's funner to say it that way. He's like, just do it. And so she did. And she was so careful. She walked around every part of the building, every hallway, every room, making sure that all she did was not drop any drops of that water. She got back to his office and he said, well, tell me what you saw today. Did you see people being lazy? She's like, no. He's like, did you see people ignoring one another or people gossiping or people being rude? She's like, no, I didn't see any of that. He goes, do you know why? And she's like, no. He goes, because you were so focused on what you were called to do that you didn't have time to look at what everybody else was doing. He's like, it's not about what they're doing. It's about what you're not doing. Get involved in your assignment and it'll change your perspective. I don't know, man. That felt kind of brilliant to me. Next week, we're going to have a glass of water for all of you. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine? There's just water everywhere. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul's talking to the church about how faithful they've been. And he says this, and he's talking about when you give and when you help and when you serve, how does God respond? In Philippians 419, this should be easy for you, 419, this is our area code, this is where we need to live. All right? 
And he says, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If we are faithful with our time, our talents, and yes, even our treasures, you know, I don't talk a whole lot about giving. We got boxes in the back of the room. We have an app. We know what we're called to do. We don't pass a plate. We just trust that you're doing what, what we know we're supposed to do, right? So let's talk about time and treasure or time and talent for a second. If you're faithful, what does it say God will do? God and my God will, will supply all your need. Now, so often we look at that in scripture and we think, well, that's a that's a monetary blessing. That's a that's a material blessing. But God knows what your needs are. He knows you need to be connected, right? And the awesome thing is it's not according to what you have. It's according to the riches of Christ. So what he's saying is, if you do what I've called you to do, and you just trust me, and you just step into who I've called you to be, I'll take care of all the other needs, and I'll do it in a very, very overly abundant manner. So if you're faithful to serve and you're faithful to be who I've called you to be, I'll make sure that your need for connectivity is met. He knows you need that. He knows you need time with people. He created you to be in community. He didn't create you for isolation. What does it say in one of the very first chapters of the Bible? It is not good that man should be alone. So he knows that you have a need for connectivity. And maybe, just maybe, if you step into who he's called you to be, he'll take care of that for you. How do I know? Because I've done it before. I've served before. I've made the best friends in the world, not by saying, hey, will you be my friend, but by serving alongside of them. I'm telling you what, there's nothing like going on a missions trip. Fusion Church needs to be sending some people on some missions trips. That's, that's, my goal in the future, missions trips. Sammy, you got to know all kinds of amazing people because you were twisting, what, what's that stuff called? Rebar together, right? It was hot. It was backbreaking work. They don't, they don't like do things easily in Mexico, y'all. They like, it's, it's harder work. Like it's, it's not easy, right? They didn't back up the cement truck and pour it in. We had to carry it in buckets, but there was something about it where you just made lifelong friends, right? Now he's got me for the rest of his life, that lucky man. <laughs> Poor guy. You may be sitting beside a lifelong friend, but you'll never know it until you start serving together. I watched and I really enjoyed watching Becky Massey and Jill Lewis get to know each other this morning as they were working in the cafe together. If you are faithful with your end, God will handle your need for connectivity. I mean, we still have to step out. We still have to put ourselves in a place where, where, where it can happen, but God, God just makes that kind of thing come together. So you reach, you reach up and you, you, you receive help from others. You reach out and you give from what you have. And God handles it. And finally, are you ready for the last one? Oh, 
No, because I need to talk to you about how to do that. (laughs) We're not ready. Number one, there are all kinds of opportunities to serve here. We still need children's ministry workers. We still need people to host, to, to welcome people as they walk through the door. We still need people to work the cafe. We still need people. We need a lot of people for our audio, visual, sound, computer, camera, worship team. I mean, if you have hands, we'll use them. That's how desperate it's getting. Like, do you have a pulse? All right, get in there. All right, here we go. Last one. So we've got reach up. We've got reach out. And today I want to talk to you also about reaching in. The biggest thing that we can do to combat our loneliness is remember that no matter how alone we feel, we serve a God who's omnipresent. You know what I mean? We serve a God that's omnipresent. He's always there. In fact, in Psalms 139, verses 7 through 10, it says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even your hand shall still lead me, and your right hand shall still hold me. Listen, guys, I want to tell you something. No matter how dark the room is, the light of Christ is still there. Worship team, you can go ahead and make your way up. No matter how dark the room is, the light of Christ is still there. And the fact of the matter is, is that there's nothing you can do to escape his love. There's nothing you can do that your circumstances will escape his attention. You serve a God who's there always. Amen? And in fact, it says in, in the second part of that proverb that I read earlier, but there's a friend that sticks closer than the brother. That's what God does. So the cool thing is, is when you're a follower of Jesus, you never have to be alone. Even, even when we talk about connectivity with others, even then, even if you're struggling with that, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're never truly alone. And here's what I mean by that. When we left... Uh, the church that we left to come here. It was called M- it's called M1. And uh, it's a good church, man. Good people there. And uh, it's where I gave my life to the Lord. It's where, man, we, we grew a lot at that place. And, um, and it's the only church that my, my children had ever known. Grace was born while we were at that church. Gavin was born while we were at that church. Jillian born while we were at that church. And then God called us to move on. And I'm going to tell you something. Coming here has been absolutely phenomenal. I love this place, and I love the people, and I love getting to be your pastor. I don't know how I, I got so lucky to land here. But it wasn't easy at first for my kids. They met some of your kids, and they loved some of your kids, but they, all they'd ever known was where they were, Right? One day we went back after we'd been here for, for a time. We went back and my niece was getting married at the old church. And so we, had, we, we went there. It was the first, first time we'd been in that building in about 10 months. And Gavin just has a way of, he's like Houdini, man. That kid can just show, can just escape from your sight like that. Just like quick, 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 can disappear on you. 
So I'm looking all over the place for Gavin, and finally I go into my old office, and he's in there, and he's crying. And, uh, and, and they were hugging on him and loving on him, and, and it was a struggle for him. And it was hard for me as a father, because I'm watching, you know, and it was kind of heartbreaking. And uh, so we went through the wedding, and the next day was Sunday morning, and we were here. And Gavin and I were right where Tara's sitting. We were, we were worshiping. And the Lord gave me a word for him that I'm going to share with you. You know what? The Lord needs to give you words for your children. They need to be hearing it from you more than, than others. So you need to be listening. And so I leaned over to Gavin and I said something that I'll say to you guys. I said to him, I said, Gavin, yesterday was a hard day, huh? He's like, yeah. I said, here's what God laid on my heart. I said to him, you don't know what home feels like anymore because you felt like the only home you'd ever known, you don't, you're not there anymore. But God wanted me to tell you that since you belong to him, wherever you are, even if it's just the two of us, just the two of you, you're home. No matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, even if it's just the two of you, even if it's just you and God, you're home. As the Spirit of God dwells within you and you belong to Him, it doesn't matter where you can go. You can be in the nicest room, in the nicest hotel, in the most beautiful city, surrounded by all kinds of amazing people. And because you belong to Jesus, you're home. You could be in a tent, in the jungle, far, far away, just yourself. But if God's there because He dwells within you, then you are home. You never have to be lonely because God never leaves nor forsakes you. So yes, we need connectivity with each other. And yes, we need to take our eyes off of our circumstances and throw ourselves into servanthood and let God handle the business that we, you know, handle the, the, the meeting of our need for connectivity. But none of that really matters because at the end of the day, no matter where you are, if you are a follower of Jesus, no matter where you are, you're never alone. You're always home because he is there. How cool is that? It's built into your life. Wherever we go, we're home. We're never alone. But guys, I want to challenge you. Pour into your relationship with God. Pour in to your, your spirit. Read the word. Spend time in prayer. So we have things that you can do. Friday night prayer. These guys will tell you it's life altering. You can be a part of that. Sunday mornings at nine. We have our, we have our love and respect. It's right in there. You can be a part of that. We also have our first steps. Maybe you don't know how to read the Bible. Now you know. You go and you learn. Maybe you don't know how to pray. Randy will teach you how to pray. Maybe you don't know anything about worship. Melissa can teach you about it. Start pouring into your relationship with God and watch what happens. You'll begin to feel that loneliness. You'll begin to feel that despair. You'll begin to feel that sense that you're all alone. Melt away because you've got him and he's got you. Go ahead and stand to your feet. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., one service, so that we can corporately together worship God. Do that. Don't miss a Sunday. Be a part of it. 
Go to the first steps class. Go to the marriage classes. Go to Friday night prayer. Find a life group. Be a part of it. Find a ministry. Get involved. Sow into the Spirit and you will reap in the Spirit. And if you do those things, you reach up when you're in the middle of loneliness to somebody else. Watch them respond. And you reach out in the middle of loneliness and serve. God will take care of your need for connectivity. And if you will just sow into the Spirit, God will take care of everything else. Amen? So God wants to connect with you today. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray in a second. And we've got, we've got communion elements here and here. I want to challenge you. Come and grab the drink. Come and grab the bread. You can kneel at the altar. You can go to the back of the room. You can go back to your seat. You can go wherever you want. But let's make it a part of our time of worship. What is communion? Guess what? You'll find out more when Pastor Dan teaches about that and the ordinances of the church on a Sunday morning. But we do communion for a couple reasons. To, to connect with God. When Jesus was talking to his disciples, he says, I have eagerly awaited to spend this moment with you. So we do it to connect with God. He starts talking about the things that he's brought them through. So we do it to reflect with God. And then he says that the, the greater things are ahead. So we do it to expect with God. So here in a second, I'm going to pray. and We're just going to get into a time of worship. I want to challenge you. Come grab some communion elements. Get alone. Spend time worshiping. Spend time in his presence. Connect with him. And watch that loneliness begin to melt away. Amen? Let me pray. Father God, we need you, Lord. Just like it says in that scripture, I was on the verge of total ruin in the midst of the assembly of the congregation. It's easy to feel that way. So in those moments, God, help us to reach up to others. In those moments, help us to reach out and serve. In those moments, help us to reach in and connect with you. We know you'll do amazing things with it. We love you. We worship you, God. Meet us here as we just take time to enter into your presence, God. In Jesus' mighty name, let's worship God. Altars are open. Communion elements are open. Come on. Come get it, and we can go after God. Thank you.